Welcome to the Fan Speak Network. I'm your host, Megan Schaup. You can follow me on Twitter at Megzo8DFS. And today I'm joined by my brother, Steve, to talk best ball drafts. You can find Steve at Steve Speak. Steve, how many best ball drafts have you done today? Uh, I think I've done two puppies so far today. <laughs> okay. Slow drafts going, so... Okay, awesome. Well, we're super excited to talk about Best Ball Day, and what we're going to talk about is the importance of the tight end position in Best Ball Drafts. But before we get to that, please like this episode and subscribe to the Fanspeak Network. We're just starting to grow the Fanspeak Network, so I'd really appreciate if you would subscribe and tell a friend. Also, Steve mentioned Underdog and the, the Puppy Drafts. We um, have a code for you. If you use code FANSPEAK, all caps, F-A-N-S-P-E-A-K, you can get 100% deposit bonus up to $100. So you can join us in some puppy drafts. And uh, they got, the, of course, the big, um, uh, what is it, the best, best ball, ball maiden? Yeah, best ball, yeah, you can shoot for $2 million top prize. So anyways, with that, let's jump right in and talk about tight ends in best ball draft. You just wrote an article today, Steve, about that and kind of like the tight end tier. So first I want to ask you about taking like an elite tight end versus taking like three of the kind of mid to late round tight ends. Kind of what are your pros and cons to each strategy? So I I think the first thing to remember is, um, you know, comparing best ball compared to say your redraft, your home leagues, you can dodge when you're playing head to head. You can dodge big, big games by the Travis Kelseys, the Mark Andrews, the George Kittles. These guys were putting up, you know, 25, 30 points in multiple games last year. And you hopefully you're not playing them the week that they're they're doing that. When you're playing the the team that has them, you're not doing that in best ball. It's most points uh, matter whether you're doing the tournament structure through the first 14 weeks. The most points matter, or the whole 17 weeks uh, if it's just like a 12 team league. So. Every time one of those guys go off, you're you're losing ground to them. And uh, you know, ideally, you can mix and match a couple tight ends and and get a similar score, um, season long score. But that's not so easy. You need to find the right ones. Um, and even then, like those times where Travis Kelsey only has a six point game or Mark Andrews has a six point game, those teams probably have one or two tight ends that are hopefully increasing their their total tight end score. So even then, you're maybe not catching up as much as you hope you are. Um, it is viable, but I do think it's even harder when it comes to tournaments because once you get to those tournament weeks, mm-hmm. a tight end putting up 25 points, a tight end putting up 30 points, boy, those teams are just so far above the rest of the field because you know most weeks you only have one, maybe two tight ends who can who can exceed 20 points. So if somebody's putting up 35 points. He might even be 15 points above the next highest tight end or in the lowest 20s. So right. uh, it, it becomes really hard at that point. But it can be viable to still try and mix and match your tight ends, but you've got to still get a couple good ones. You can't just hope that you're getting the, the three guys at the bottom of the barrel and hope right. they come up with good scores. I mean, they'll, they'll have consistent solid floor numbers, but they're never going to get those spike weeks for you. Right. Well, I understand you're going to let the draft dictate and, you know, you're not going to force anything. But so would your ideal tight end combination in like a in the puppy or or the best ball mania, would it be like a try to get like a Kelsey and then to mid tier? Or what what is your ideal like, again, you know, understanding that you need to let the draft come to you, too? So, yeah, I mean, I think if I think the other aspect with it is if you get a Kelsey in the first round or Mark Andrews in the second, Kyle Pitts 
and Darren Waller are kind of in that third, fourth round. And then there's a the slight tier below them that are still maybe viable, and we'll get to that in a second. Um, then you can maybe wait and and just try and pick up value late. Guys like Hayden Hurst for the Bengals going late. Austin Hooper is a pretty decent role with the mm-hmm. Titans. Sure, he's going late. And then even, you know, really late guys like Brevin Jordan with the Texans or Mo Ali Cox with the Colts. So um, there you don't have near as much pressure because you might only need to fill in that one bye week or, or slightly get above, uh, slightly increase your floor on the, the weeks that they really don't show up for whatever reason. But a guy like Travis Kelsey um, is just so consistent. He only had four games under 10 fantasy points last year in, in half-point PPR. Um, the year before, I think he had uh, three, and, and he was even better that year uh, in terms of his ceiling game. So, um, I mean, he's just consistent year in, year out. Uh, Mark right. Andrews and Kittle are kind of in that consistency, a uh, little more inconsistent, but you're still really strong with those guys. So if you get a Travis Kelsey or even, let's just say, one of the top three or four tight ends, are you okay with just taking two tight ends? Uh, yes, especially if you then get a good, a pretty good solid second guy, a guy who right. you know has a, a pretty locked-in role, maybe like a Tyler right. Higby or sure. um, Hunter Henry. Um, if you are going down to the Austin Hooper, Hayden Hurst role, then maybe you want to just still throw in a third guy just to ensure that, mm-hmm. you know, in case Austin Hooper gets passed by that rookie the Titans took for some reason or or Hayden Hurst gets passed by Drew Sample, um, you, you know, you, you maybe want a little bit more certainty there. But, yeah, if you're getting a Kelsey, an Andrews, a Pitts, Waller, I think you can get by with two tight ends. So that offers you the positional flexibility also, which has some value. Right, of course. But then I assume to the flip side of that, if you are kind of waiting and taking your first tight end in the mid rounds, I assume that is when you are pretty much taking three tight ends, I assume, correct? Yeah, I think the the issue with that is not only do you need to take three tight ends, but you need to kind of get two pretty much in the same area. Um, You know, if you get like a TJ Hawkinson or Dallas Goddard or even Dawson Mm -hmm. Knox, who I really like and actually I like above those, those other two, um, then you probably want to follow it up pretty quickly with a Mike Gusecki and Irv Smith, right. somebody, somebody still in that mid-tier Pat Fryer mute. Um, that way you're having those two guys alternating. And then even still, you still probably don't want to go all the way down to the Brevin Jordans and the Mo Alley Coxes. You probably want to get that, um, you know, Hunter Henry, that guy who could have those touchdown spike weeks to, to help increase your your ceiling and floor um, as you're competing with these Kelsey and Waller and, and Pitts lineups. Right, of course. Okay, so now talk to me. How should we value the players in the top tiers versus their ADP? So this is the one thing. Uh, I, I think Travis Kelsey is in a tier of an, in and of himself. He's Since 2016, he's been one or two in tight end scoring every single year, um, just blowing the door out of the, the water the, from the rest of the group. Um, his, his fantasy points per game, again, half-point PPR when we're talking underdog football, is pretty much every year – would compare to a receiver in the top 10, typically between the the 7 to 10 range, but I think one year it was even um, fifth or sixth. So this is a guy who can produce like like an elite receiver, and he's shown it year in, year out. So that's why we should have no doubt taking him in, in the especially the back half of the first round or somehow early second if he slides there. Mark Andrews is a little bit more inconsistent, and so I think his ADP is a little higher than I like. Um, because you are competing against some really good uh, running backs in that area, the DeAndre Swifts, the Aaron Jordan or Aaron Jones, uh, Leonard Fournette, those types of guys, plus some really good receivers, T. Higgins. Um, so it's a little tougher 
I feel to take him. Um, I actually like Kyle Pitts and Darren Waller as more like mid and mid third and fourth round type guys uh, because I think they give you almost as much upside. And I actually wouldn't be surprised if Kyle Pitts, if the touchdowns are there this year, I, I would almost guarantee he outscores uh, Mark Andrews if he can get, say, six touchdowns this season. So um, because he should have more catches and probably more yards. So um, those guys, I think, have a little better value with their ADP, but all four of those guys are, are the guys you want leading your tight end room. Okay. Now, what tight end could be the best value versus ADP? You just talked about Kyle Pitts. Is there some other ones similar to that? So I think the guy that really stands out to me is um, uh, that I like is Zach Ertz. Uh, Zach Ertz is going, typically he's the 10th, 9th, 10th, or 11th tight end. Um, right now, I believe it's around 10th tight end. And, you know, this is a guy who, after he was traded, to the Cardinals last year, got the big um, upgrade in terms of style of offense, pace of play, Kyler Murray as his quarterback. Uh, if you extrapolate his numbers through the course of the year, he's gained almost 900 receiving yards, uh, four to six, five to six touchdowns. Um, you know, that's that's right below these top tier guys. And yet he's going kind of like a level below that. I mean, he's going like in around the 100 uh, area, maybe, you know, plus or minus five picks. So. I think you're getting a guy who comes very close to top end tight end production. And remember a few years ago with the Eagles, I think he was tight end three in the league. So um, yes, he's a little older, but the Cardinals gave him a big deal. He's Mm -hmm. their guy. You know, people worry that they signed Trey McBride, but I I have no doubt that that Zach Ertz is being paid that amount of money to be their guy. And then on top of it, for the first six weeks, right, Hopkins, uh, no yeah. Hopkins. Right. So I think that's a big thing. But even when Hopkins is back, I think Ertz is probably like the third option on this team behind Hopkins, Hollywood Brown, and then Ertz. And and this right. is a team that throws enough that that's fine. Right. Oh, absolutely. So who are your kind of your guys, your couple tight ends that you think could break out this season? So in terms of breakout guys, because you know I think one interesting thing is last year was the year of the breakout tight end. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, guys like Gronk were going late in terms of ADP. Uh, Dawson Knox went really late. Um, Dalton Schultz went extremely late. People thought uh, that he wasn't even going to be the starter, that he mm-hmm. uh, be Blake Jarwin. And, you know, he ended up tight end three on the year. So um, people were getting major ADP value on those types of guys. I don't know if we're going to find that kind of jump this year just because I feel like there's a lot more certainty. There, there's less... Um, unknown this year and there's no like rookies like Pat Farmeet was going kind of late last year no Mm -hmm. rookie this year figures to be an instant starter so um kind of the guys that I like later um Gerald Everett for the Chargers he's been very inconsistent throughout his career you know with the Rams he's splitting time with Tyler Higby with the Seahawks last year he's actually splitting time with Will Disley um, and, you know, he had some horrendous drops. We remember that 49ers game where I think he dropped two or three touchdowns in a single game. But right. uh, he's athletic. He's talented in his ability to get open. His hands are questionable. But drops, honestly, end of the day, we remember the big ones, but they don't matter in terms of fantasy. Maybe it gets you benched. But other than that, it, they don't matter in terms of fantasy. And he's now going with Justin Herbert. He's going from one of the slowest pace offense in the league in Seattle, who did have an elite quarterback, but extremely slow pace to Chargers and Justin Herbert just uh, I mean this Jared Cook who is a good 10 years his senior um, produced last year in a part-time tight end role this year I don't know if Darnold Parnum's going to be back 
uh, it looks like Jared Everett's going to be their guy. And while Josh Palmer is a solid number three potential receiver option, we know that their starters are Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, and then Eckler out of the backfield. But there's a big opening at tight end um, uh, on this team. So I love Jared Everett. Uh, the other the other two that I would point to, <clears throat> David Njoku for the Browns, again, they re-signed him to a big deal. They clearly want him involved. They let Austin Hooper go. So now that team went from three tight ends to two. And um, follow the money, yeah. you got to follow the money. And also, you know, we, while the Deshaun Watson situation is, is very concerning for guys like Amari Cooper or Donovan Peoples-Jones, I don't know if it's as concerning for Njoku. Um, Jacoby Brissett has, has been solid in targeting tight ends throughout his career, both with the Colts and the Dolphins. So, um, you know, he actually might be a beneficiary if Watson is missing a significant amount of time as somebody who can get open quick and make plays after after the catch because he's just so athletically talented. So I like him. He's going pretty late. I think he's tight and 20 or 21 right now. Um, so I think you're getting some good value and, and definitely spike weeks, which, of course, in best ball, that's what we're looking for. Right. We're looking for guys, if he's your number two tight end, you're looking for those big spike weeks and he can give it to you. Okay. Um, any other tight ends to kind of, uh, kind of summarize this, that, that you are targeting, whether it's, you know, early, mid, late, we know you talked about like the Kelsey and then the other three, you talked about some of those guys later. Are there any other guys that you find yourself drafting a lot in best ball drafts and on, on underdog that you have a high percentage of? So I think, uh, I'll give you one in the mid-tier and one in the late-tier that I have a high percentage on both. The one in the sure. mid-tier is Irv Smith. Um, yep. I like that. Know, a couple of years ago, it was Kyle Rudolph and Irv Smith, and you, if you mm-hmm. combine their tight end numbers together, they were actually pretty impressive. Uh, you know, seven, 800 yards, nine, 12 touchdowns, those types of type of numbers. And that's at a time when the Vikings were, were had one of the lowest pass rates in the league. Um, they benefited, obviously, with good quarterback play. But even then, they had top receivers like Stefan Diggs, like Adam Thielen. They still had those. Well, now Justin Jefferson's replaced Diggs, but they still have that kind of mentality of two mm-hmm. wide receivers. Um, Kevin O'Connell is going to come in. They're going to be an 11 personnel. There's no other tight end, really, in the room. I just think they throw, throw, throw. And mm-hmm. I think Irv Smith's going to be good. I, I don't know if he has a ceiling because they are all the alpha receivers there. There is Dalvin Cook. So, you know, he just might not have that ultimate ceiling, but I think he's going to be... Uh, but for best ball, yeah. Best ball, I think he'll give you some big spike weeks when when they really have to throw as expected this year. And I, I just I just like that situation. And let's not forget, Kevin O'Connell came up in the Patriots organization as a quarterback. Um, you know, he's well, he's been with some other coaching staffs as well. He knows the value of tight end in the NFL. So mm-hmm. I, I just think that, uh, and Kirk Cousins, went, in his time in Washington, loved throwing the ball to the tight end. Jordan Reed, yeah. Jordan Reed, yeah. Fred Davis. So, um, you know, I, I just think the, the scheme underlooked. I mean, there's some buzz about it, but I, I honestly wouldn't be surprised if he ends up like tight end eight this year. Uh, and then the later guy is a guy I mentioned before, Austin Hooper. You know, didn't work out with Cleveland, but that was kind of a mess. They just had so many tight ends, and they never gave him the opportunity. He now goes to Tennessee. Uh, Dave Robert Woods there. Who knows what's going on with Traylon Burks? Uh, the rest of the wide receivers are very questionable. Austin Hooper, it just seems like he's going to be on the field. They did draft a tight end yeah. in the rounds, but uh, the, the buzz is that Hooper has this job. And, and I think Ryan Tannehill is going to just pepper him with targets. So um, I, I, I like, like it. 
where he's going late. Again, he's probably more of a floor play. He's not going to have a really 100-yard games or anything like that, but he'll have some six for 50 and a touchdown in, in, right. know, in multiple weeks. Right. Okay, well, I like this conversation, and we're going to continue the best ball conversation each week moving forward as we go through the summer. So be sure to check back each week as we have a lot more great best ball content. And remember, if you're not on Underdog yet, you got to check it out. Use code FANSPEAK. Get up to $100 deposit bonus. It's They give you match your, your, your deposit 100%. So you can't beat that. Before you get out of here, be sure to like this episode. Subscribe to the FANSPEAK network and follow Steve at SteveOSpeak and me on Twitter at Megs08DFS. Until next time, guys, we'll see you then. And thank you so much for joining us. Thank you.